at one point I either fell asleep talking or woke up talking. I'm not sure which one of those happened. Uh, Um, uh, Maybe both. Hello and welcome to another episode of Geek Chew, a podcast where we chew over the geeky things we love. I'm Eamon. And I'm Charlene. And our intro music is by my brother Ryan. And this week we're going to talk about WandaVision. Again. Episode 5. Mm-hmm. Which was awesome. Yes. But it, it, I mean, again, but it's it's worth going over again. Yeah, I think uh, it's one of those, I saw somebody, maybe a tweet. So cool when I share other people's thoughts. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he was like said something about how WandaVision is really proving that if you want to be like water cooler material, the best way to do that is to release episodes on a weekly basis as opposed to dumping them all and letting people experience them as a, you know. Water cooler material. First of all, nobody's hanging around water coolers in this day and age. You don't know. (laughs) (laughs) They've like taken them out of buildings because they're like, you know. Like breeding grounds for, I, Gross. <laughs> I mean, just because of the pandemic, like coffee station material doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so we were going to briefly cover that episode yes. because it was really good, and we also watched Space Sweepers, mm-hmm. the new movie on Netflix, and also was, oh, we'll get into it. Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> Ted Lasso. Uh, we uh, destroyed that first season just in the last two days, and it was amazing. So amazing. So good. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to it, though. Uh, other than that, I don't know. I, I've i started rereading Jason Aaron's Thor run from the beginning. And I, I think we've only probably read, actually, maybe the first two volumes of it. It went on for years. But uh, I'm really enjoying rereading it. The art by Asad Rabitz is still... It's just so perfect for this story. Like yeah, I've, I I've love tried it. reading uh, some other books that he's done the art for it. It's still good, but it's just, it's not the same. It doesn't lend the same quality. I know. I, I remember it being sort of um, like a, a softer, I, I don't want to say like whimsical because, uh, but like, just like the quality of the art is very like um, fluid. I don't know. I, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the best I got. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think it was just a perfect match for yeah. the story that they were trying to tell. And it's uh, Gore, the God Butcher, who they, I think we talked about it even on the pod. They announced that Christian Bale was going to be playing him in the new Thor movie, which has started filming, which is obviously going to pull extensively, I think, from the story arc, not just because of the villain, but also as his as the Jason Aaron run continues, that's how Jane Foster Thor comes into play. and accidentally bought that volume already so one ahead of the game i don't know how many are uh between those two but uh it's just it's really good and i that's i'm enjoying that but um do you want to get into wandavision okay you do have something you want (laughs) well i mean like i I mean i was just gonna say that i've done not 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 a whole lot and usually i make some good headway on my audiobooks with like book club books or something and i really am enjoying this book club book but I'm finding that I'm missing a lot by doing the audiobook 
versus reading it. I have a library copy as well. So I'm trying to, um, and I end up having to like rewind. So I think just the style of the book I'm, I'm struggling with. So it's taking me a while. Yeah. That is my problem with audiobooks is I just miss so much. Yeah. But, but it's just it's, this particular book. That's yeah. Me a problem. Because there's so much and it's, I mean, it's a newer book, but it's written like a book that came out when it was made. It, it feels like, uh, or when it's, it, so, when? <laughs> so it, it's written like a book that came out around the time that it's t- taking place, which yeah. is right before it's, it's called the summer before the war and that's world war one. Um, and like just the language obviously is to that era and stuff. It just bears more need for, for concentration to follow those, those kinds of that, that kind of dialogue. You, yeah, people don't talk like that anymore. No, not I was going to say not used to it anymore, but probably <laughs> never used to pre world war one dialogue. Yeah. No, I mean, reading it is fine. It's when you're listening to it, you don't catch certain subtlety, you know, or you miss certain things. There's so much that's left out of, cause people were so, um, I mean, I guess repressed, you know, or proper and everything was about, you know, doing everything in, in a certain More kind structured of way. manners. And decorum. And, yes. So, um, I'm, I really am enjoying it, but I'm struggling to get through it more quickly. So it's kind of taking up. How long do you have? Uh, I think I have two weeks left. So I have plenty of time. I'm not worried. It's just, I was hoping to get this out of the way and then I could like focus on some other things. All right. We have to get into the next volume of Lone Rockets. Right. Which I also have not done. (laughs) (laughs) I've been reading a lot of these DC comics just because a lot of them have hooked me. So, and, and Thor, and I'm trying to, you know, make it through the new X-Men stuff too. So yeah, there's a lot. It's just even, I mean, our lives haven't changed so much on a day to day basis, but I don't know how people like consume as much stuff as they do. Like I I just don't get it and like still get sleep and and, like have functioning lives. I I, I don't understand. Yeah. We'll actually talk about that when we get to Space Sweepers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, WandaVision's fifth episode was really good. I know. I can't believe we're more than halfway through. Yeah. And it, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we always have uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier to look forward to and Loki. Yeah. And um, a thousand other things. But the, uh, the fifth episode was kind of like a mix of the TV sitcom and the um, outside the sitcom life that we were introduced to in the last episode. It's, uh, the title of the episode was on a very special episode. And, <laughs> so funny. Yeah. <laughs> and the opening credits were funny. I think we we determined that the opening credits were supposed to be like family ties, right? But I think, I think the so. setting of like the actual sitcom seemed more either Full House or well, Full House family is definitely Matters. like full into the 90s, right? So, and I don't remember like a whole lot of 80s TV because I was young. Really. It was uh, hilarious. Fantastic intro with the baby pictures of Vision, (laughs) which he obviously (laughs) was never that. And the holiday photo shoots with the costumes and stuff. It was all all really good. Mm -hmm. But the episode itself, I thought was maybe a little clunkier than some of the other episodes. How Um, so? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I was too tired. (laughs) (laughs) There is a lot in the episode, I think, you know, there's the vision kind of waking up. They're still building out the world around the Westview that's enclosed. Mm -hmm. 
there's the building on the story that Wanda is in control of everything and kind of in control of everyone to the point there was like psychological torture for the people who are being forced into this, into these roles. Right. I just, I remember feeling like at the end of the episode that it was getting a little harder to make it through than some of the other episodes until the end where there was like the big reveal. Really? Did you feel that way? That's interesting because I did not feel that way. I did feel like, I mean, it, it was clearly longer. It's the longest episode that, that we've seen so far. So I don't know if maybe you were feeling some of that because usually the pace is a little bit different, but. I didn't get, I don't, I, I mean, I didn't feel any like clunkiness. I thought it was. There probably wasn't. I really <laughs> need to watch these things twice. I've, I've watched all the episodes twice, except for this one. I thought maybe I'd have some time to, to rewatch it today before we, we sat down, but I, I certainly did not. Yeah. We've had a lot, uh, just a lot of other things going on, but, um, I could probably use a rewatch on this too. Just a quick revisit, but there were just some interesting things like the stuff with them now figuring out that Wanda's not creating this. She is sort of like altering reality. And then of course we get like the big reveal, all this stuff I thought was really interesting with the, with the boys and the puppy and her trying to like teach them life lessons. And she's just like a super duper hypocrite and like knows it, but also doesn't care. And like, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, there was a lot in this and maybe, maybe you were just, maybe you were just like really tired. Cause I think, you know, yeah. I think everything was, the pacing was the same and it was just longer. Yeah. Uh, we can just leave it at that. It's, it's my fault. <laughs> yeah. I did think it was um like one of my, the best parts that was like super awkward and like tense for me was, was when the neighbor Agnes comes in and then she's like, do you, do you do you want me to take it from yeah, the top? Yeah. <laughs> and super weird. <laughs> it was so weird, but like Wanda's acting like, oh, she's just kind of nutty, and you're just really tired because we have these these babies. And yeah, I don't, I didn't understand that part actually. Is Agnes aware, more aware of what's going on than the other people in that yeah. world? Yes, and I yeah. think that we kind of found that out in the episode where uh, Geraldine slash Monica gets booted there's some stuff where i think you know that shows that agnes is in a different place than the re than a lot of the other townspeople as far yeah. as like uh, i'll tell you what did not disappoint me about the episode and we're just going to talk about it is the the cameo at the end yes right? <laughs> and i mean i guess it wouldn't be a cameo just the appearance of because it seems clear that he's going to be a part of the series going forward and yeah, so i mean he's got to at least be in the next episode they're not just going to leave it at that and then be like oh yeah he he left right? right i like how i mean i remember i was sitting there thinking when they're showing the back of his head when she opens the door and they're showing the back of his hair and it's got like the blonde over dark hair and and i was like we all obviously know who this is supposed to be. Why aren't they showing his face? You know? And then it's because it's different. Yeah. So, I mean, it's Quicksilver. Yeah, it's different Quicksilver. Yeah. You know, when Darcy sees him on the sitcom screen, she's like, oh my God, she recast Pietro. Yeah. But it, it's Evan Peters' version of Quicksilver from the Fox movies, the X-Men movies that were made by Fox, who we actually, for me, he was one of the best parts of those X-Men movies. When oh, he yeah. Had this, a uh, few scenes uh, and it's just a really amazing twist to how the Marvel universe is set up and how they're going to incorporate the multiverse. Cause I mean, I, obviously we have no idea like where he came from uh, or how he got there when uh, Wanda and vision are having that fight right before. And she right. was like, I didn't, 
I didn't make that doorbell ring as, but she had to have, right. But maybe she didn't like we, there's some other element that's gotta be at play. Yeah, here. It's just crazy to, um, think how, how many possibilities there are going forward and how it's going to tie in. And it really, you know, it gives them leeway to, to pull from the universes that do exist like Deadpool, but obviously they're not going to, I think overall they would probably recast most of the X-Men. They're not just going to pull them from the Fox universe. Right. I, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, logistically speaking, not creatively speaking, but like, what do contracts look like now? And, and those things, like who has to do things? Are they, I mean, they're probably going to recast some people, but like, do they, ha- are they, would they really have to do like a broad sweep? Like, that's interesting. I don't know. I mean, I felt, I felt like there were some interesting actors cast and maybe just like under not really working with like I mean you know how I feel about those movies I still like those movies are they my favorite movies no are they ones that I enjoy rewatching yes definitely I love the X-Men I love watching superheroes do superhero things even if the story isn't that great but would all of those actors still have been or would all of those actors have maybe done better with better material to work with yeah (laughs) yeah so it's it's just an interesting thing. I, I mean, I guess we'll we'll see. Yeah, and I'm I'm very excited to see where where it goes. Yeah, the next four episodes, right? I thought there were only eight, but I, I thought it was nine. Well, I guess we'll find out. But I don't really have anything to add. I guess to that, but no. Uh, do you want to talk about Space Sweepers? Yes, from Netflix. It's uh, was this made for Netflix? Yeah, or I think did, so. Okay. I, I think so. I'm just going to say yes. <laughs> I'm going to uh, read some of this, just like a summary thing off of Wikipedia. So we know. So sometimes so. these are great. And sometimes yeah. it's so weird. It's a South Korean space opera. And I guess it's kind of been billed as the first of its kind, you know, as far as a South Korean product, it was released on Netflix this week and it's set in the year 2092. Earth has become nearly uninhabitable. Uh, fleeing the sick earth uts corporation builds a new orbiting home from humanity only a few chosen can ascend and the plot follows this crew of space junk collectors on their ship victory uh through this adventure that they have right mm-hmm. so from that we'll go into our 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 uh critic quotes oh. from <laughs> i forgot we were doing that okay i'm excited okay right. uh space sweepers feels uh, so there's a lot of people are um either for this or, you know, not so much, I guess it's a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, but space (laughs) right down the middle Mm -hmm. space sweepers feels more like an exhaustive box ticking exercise, uh, designed by committee than the bold realization of a coherent cinematic vision. Okay. So it's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, uh, one of my favorite parts of this is, um, just critic voices that we're not really exposed to on the daily this is james marsh from the south china morning post this is a the next one the original korean title translates into spaceship victory and that's not only more appropriate it's a perfect encapsulation of just what this film is a victory oh maybe seems a little overblown okay that's a johnny gazemonic i'm thinking that's not his real name uh from (laughs) fanboys of the universe Okay. And, and one more. He sounds like he's fanboying a little bit there. <laughs> a okay. little bit. Uh, it devolves into a movie with a gazillion explosions and nothing thrilling at all. And I think uh, this is from our pal Amy Nicholson, who might have had a quote uh, in our last episode, but she's from uh, Film Week. 
the Los Angeles edition, whatever that is. Did you call her a pal? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, uh, we might have read one other quote from her. So we're very familiar. Uh, Wait, wait, what did she say about it again? (laughs) (laughs) It devolves into a movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Okay, yeah, that's also fair. Um, How did you feel about it? Well, I... I mean, ultimately, I, I liked it. Like, yeah. It was just kind of like a fun space movie. I have a little... So first of all, our experience watching it was was not ideal. I was like more tired than I've been in about five years. So <laughs> like, yeah. we tried to watch it on Friday night. And at one point, I either fell asleep talking or woke up talking. I'm not sure which one of those happened. Uh, um, uh, maybe both. Like you fell asleep while talking and then woke yourself up while conti- because you were talking. It's yeah. the weirdest thing. It made made a lot of sense too. Yeah. Yeah. Some, <laughs> something about a, a, a Your directional upper quadrant. Yeah. <laughs> Northwest quadrant. You said Northwest quadrant, and I was like, what? Well, that's, you know, where the thing was happening. Anyway, uh, (laughs) so the viewing experience was a little disjointed for me, obviously. And uh, we had to fill in, or you had to fill in some blanks for me when we restarted it the next day to finish it. But, you know, ultimately, I'm I'm glad we watched it. Yeah, I thought it was cute. I thought there were some fun things about it. Certain characters, I definitely, I loved the robot. Bubs? Bubs, yeah. Was that it? Yeah, (laughs) Bubs. Um, that was super fun uh, to to have in there. Um, one that I'll rewatch. Mm, no. no, I mean if you do, you can just put it on when I'm not around. Yeah, <laughs> there's just no no need for me to rewatch it. But it, I mean, it was worth it was worth a go. There were definitely some fun things. Um, I think the criticism that you read was valid. Yeah, yeah I think. Um, I mean, one of my takeaways from this is that special effects are hard. Like this doesn't look like a cheap movie, but some of the effects. Yeah, I don't think uh, Netflix is really lacking for money, though, right? So. Right. That's what I'm saying. Is uh, maybe it's just experience uh, for whatever studios produce these movies or whatever it is. I I thought it looked fine. Uh, I don't know. Uh, there was no real like emotional stakes. Like, yeah. They, well, and they tried to have some, right. right? And I'm usually a sucker for those. Like, I'm not real hard to mm-hmm. get your get your hooks into, and you know. Get Especially the when there going. are like kids <laughs> right. involved. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, the, on the flip side of that, like the interaction of just the crew itself was probably the best part of the movie. Uh, ultimately, you know, as they kind of come together as a family, make it, you know, make it through the, uh, right. you know, paces of every other kind of movie like that. Now, um, I did write down this question. Do you think it would have been a better movie overall if the ending had been different? If, I mean, I guess spoilers, so don't listen if you're going to watch this and don't want to be surprised, but, you know, skip ahead. Um, if the crew does die with the bomb. Yes, I I think it would have been a, a little bit better um, or at least more cohesive. I, when they came out of there, uh, you know, unscathed, basically, I was, it just seemed like a cheat. Uh, if you're going to go through all that trouble, like I know they set up those They did nano set it up, but also. Or whatever that protected the ship, but like. They made a big deal about it was 5,000 miles away. Like she could control them from that far Five, away. I yeah, 5,000 kilometers. kilometers. So right. <laughs> here's my thing about that too. Right. If she can control those nanobots from that far away, does she actually have to go down to earth? Can't she do that from... <laughs> so this child who they initially think is a um, synthetic human weapon of mass destruction, 
who just turns out to be a little girl who was saved by nanobots. Now she has like the ability to communicate with nanobots and like make things basically do anything. It seems like, yeah, (laughs) Um, Uh, she can make like a shield in the air and like, you know, it's, it's just, it is. They find her and initially they're all about turning over for some big reward because I mean, one of the big plot points of the movie is how difficult it still is, even in the future for rich versus poor and all Mm -hmm. the the bills that accumulate and how it's just impossible to get out from under all that. But obviously they eventually um, also fall in love with this little girl, whatever. Then there's the, um, the UTS corporation plan to basically destroy the earth so that they're mars colony is well he's destroying the earth just because he's kind of like just a huge dickwad right (laughs) he is pissed and is just like those people suck and deserve to die that's why it has nothing to do with the fact that like it's going to affect his new colony on mars at all yeah and this dude is um the ceo of this corporation or something yeah and the founder i don't remember i could have missed it but i don't remember them going into like the, his nanoboss no i i have no idea i mean again might have missed it apparently she has like the good blue nanobots and he has like the evil red <laughs> right I, and the dude is um i didn't like i vaguely recognized him but i didn't know it was richard armitage who is thorn oak and shield in the hobbit um oh, series of movies snap. yeah it is yeah. but the a lot of the confusion stems from not only our our um disjointed viewing but also like i saw somebody refer to it as one of the strengths of the movie which i agree with is the casual multiculturalism right it's like one earth not like a good jillion yeah interacting in space and they're all uh you know kind of interconnected and it's not separated by the boundaries of countries but it made for a difficult viewing because you can't even really set up the subtitles in a way that's conducive to, to the way that we watch movies anyway, because we put subtitles on for everything. Right. And of course, this movie has subtitles because mostly in Korean, but there's a lot of English too. And you can't, I, I couldn't figure out how to get those subtitles to turn on. No, me and so yeah. I missed a lot of that dialogue. I don't even remember what it's like to watch something without subtitles, which is weird because when we go to a theater, there's no subtitles and I do just fine. But like if I'm at home... Maybe it's just because there are too many like home-ish yeah. distractions. Also, and it's also much louder. <laughs> in the theater. theater. Yeah. yeah. I hate having the TV super, super too loud at home. Yeah. Probably sound quality issues. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Ultimately, I, I think it was just, it was corny, but charming and yeah. definitely worth a, a watch fine. just yeah. to kind of have it on. But that's really all I had for Space Sweepers. Yeah. Um, I mean, the action stuff when they're out in space really was the coolest part. But no. that's pretty much that's pretty much all I got. But I'm really excited to get into talking about this next thing. Yes. So Ted Lasso. So fun. I don't know why we've been sitting on this for so long. Well, I had never really even uh, seriously considered watching it, even though I've heard it referenced on so many podcasts that we listen to, even like the Dave Chang podcast yeah. talked about a little bit. But I never watched the trailer. I just didn't give it much credence until I heard it come up again on the watch this past week. And I was like, I'm just going to watch it. So there's one season, 10 episodes, mostly about 30 minutes a piece. Apple TV plus yes. show original with Jason Sudeikis and a, a really good cast. I think uh, um, it's hilarious. Everything it's, is, I mean, I think British people are really just funnier. <laughs> Maybe. And uh, then Jason Sudeikis is like a genius. 
Yeah, um, this is one of my favorite shows ever. ever. I wrote that down. Like I said, wrote, is Ted Lasso my my new favorite show? Possibly the funniest <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> it's so good. I don't know. It's I looked it up. It originated from a couple of NBC promo ads that they ran when they acquired the rights to the uh, or the TV rights to the English Premier League. So there was like a couple commercials with this character not the same care like they definitely made alterations but i went back and watched some of those commercials and some of the same jokes are in there just from like the first episode where he's kind of transitioning mm-hmm. into into his new role but yeah what they do with the show is is just kind of amazing i'm uh, always every everything is funny it's, yeah that's like, true <laughs> like my face hurts when i'm done watching it yeah. just from smiling the whole time and i i'm laughing like so hard and like slapping my hand like it's I'm like physically changed yeah. by watching this show. <laughs> the jokes are perfect. The relationships the is great. Yeah. are uh, really just, they're so funny. And the way they're built through the season is so good. But it really is the Ted Lasso character that carries the whole show. And Jason Sudeikis is just, he's amazing in it. Yeah. I mean, is like Ted Lasso the the version of ourselves we all really wish we could be. Like <laughs> I mean, this. I think so. <laughs> it's just kind of relentless positivity is, it really is something I think to strive for. <laughs> we um, just kind of default to, you know, we, I guess as people mostly, but uh, I don't care about most people, you and me, we kind of <laughs> default to negative. And it's just, you know, I read this uh, book when I was deployed about the positivity bus, which is all just like stupid kind of advice mm-hmm. that it's not new advice, but it's just something that you read to remind yourself about the the power of being positive in, in relationships and in your worldview. And I don't know, it really, I think David Chang, the podcast that he talked about, it was about the leadership, right? Mm-hmm. And his style of leadership is just really something I think to aspire to. And I think it's also interesting that that aspect of his personality and what makes him a good leader also negatively affected his his marriage. Yeah. It's clearly stated in the show that it's all about being with the right person, obviously. Right. He's going through a divorce. That wasn't the right person for him. But it was interesting to see the two sides of um, that that personality trait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the show's well done. It's like so perfect. I have no complaints. I don't. No. Like zero. I, yeah. None. <laughs> nothing. And I can't remember the last time there was a show where we just were like, we're watching the next one, right? Yeah, I think it was Mythic Quest. I think it was, yeah, I think it was Mythic Quest. <laughs> like, so uh, Apple TV Plus is really winning for us. Home, yeah. yeah, I mean, and we don't watch any Apple TV Plus shows and everything that I've turned on, I've been like, yeah, that was great. That was yeah. good. Yeah, and I think I saw that they were, had started filming the uh, second season back in January. I'm so excited. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I think that Apple drops all episodes at once, right? We won't have to wait week to week. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't think that is right, I actually. I know, I don't think I think that's there were right. release yeah. dates on each episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, fine. Well, we could always just wait <laughs> several weeks and then just hit it all up, but I don't think we can do that. Mm, yeah, I, I just, it's not going to work for us. Yeah. Uh, it's very exciting. I'm, I'd been so not interested in in the specifics of the show that i thought there was two or three seasons um that had already been released yeah um when we started watching it turns out no um (laughs) (laughs) it's a very new show and it's just one of those little 
miracles that seems like it shouldn't be uh possible it definitely shouldn't be as good as it is but it really is just it's awesome. really great did you have anything else for ted lasso no i guess that'll probably do it right yes so uh we'll wrap it up come back next week it was fun it was smart we liked it <laughs>